And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Goes to. My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten yourself. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an awful kid. All real man. Love is, is love. too weak a word. Stay back. I, I, I love you. 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 If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie. Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to The Shape of Water. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 124 of the Next Best Picture Podcast on January 7th. 9.24 p.m. There was a reason why we decided to record this late. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and here to tell all of you all of the reasons why we are recording on a Monday night, I have with me Will Mavity. Stop being such a strunz, Matt. Now watch me as I stuff this entire pizza in my mouth. <laughs> who, who am I supposed to be? Oh, God. Michael Schwartz. I'm so honored to be on this episode where we can talk about the Golden Globes, where nothing controversial happened, then everyone left happy. Deanne Kiazeze. Hello. I have no puns. Josh Parm. Hello, hello. <laughs> this is like the most unenthusiastic hello, hello I think I've ever heard from Josh Parm. <laughs> and as a special guest joining us from In Session Film, you probably have heard his podcast called Chasing the Gold. We have Ryan McQuaid. Hello, everyone at Next Best Picture. I feel like uh, I know everyone here and I've talked to everyone here before. So it's going to be a really friendly bunch to talk about uh, some uh, interesting developments. Yeah, friendly, fun, upbeat, filled with positivity. Let's go, everyone. Let's do this. Just like we were at 8 o'clock yesterday. Let Ah, God, I'm, I'm like broken right now. I can barely formulate words. The Golden Globes were held last night, in case anybody did not know. Really? I, I did notice. They were? <laughs> they were. Very un- uneventful, right? <laughs> I will say for the record that if I had not watched it with um, our fellow Next Best Picture contributors, Dan Bayer and Nicole Ackman, I don't know how I would have pro- personally have gotten through the evening. Because the way my day started is I'm talking with a bunch of people on film Twitter and I'm asking them, what do you think is going to win tonight? And a lot of them are saying, I have a bad feeling about Bohemian Rhapsody. I have a bad feeling about Green Book. And I'm thinking, there's no way. There's no way. It can't happen. There's just no way. Oh, God. I kind of had a feeling because, like, you saw Kyle Buchanan in the New York Times was saying, I keep talking to voters and I'm getting increasingly scared that Bohemian's going to win tonight. Because unlike with the Academy, there's like 81 people in there. And theoretically, if you go to a couple HFPA events, you can honestly pretty much find out who everybody's voting for. And we should have listened when someone like Kyle Buchanan says the HFPA really, really, really likes Bohemian Rhapsody. I have to ask this question of like this is something that has really been bothering me because now Bohemian Rhapsody is a winner. Mm-hmm. It's not a film that's just in the race striving for a Best Picture nomination. It is a winner. And I have to ask myself, like mentally, I really have to wrap my mind around this and say, what kind of a person looks at the crop of nominees and puts Bohemian Rhapsody in the number one position. I will tell you exactly who, because I've come across the type of people that would do that. And they are these baby boomers who love Queen, 
they like hearing the Queen music. They like feeling like they're at a Queen concert. And they leave on this high of watching a Live Aid performance, not caring about anything else, just the feeling of being at Live Aid. And they use that emotion to vote. And it's it's not just that, though. It's like the crash situation all over again, where it touches just enough on important societal issues that they get to say, oh, we voted for something important without actually picking a movie that is genuinely relevant. You know, instead, they're like, this movie's about AIDS and LGBTQ issues when it just barely touches on it and doesn't make them feel uncomfortable, but they get to feel virtuous. You know, it was also barely touched upon the director himself, mm-hmm. Brian Singer mm-hmm. dodged like a bullet in that press room afterwards. Like I, I don't, here's the other thing too. I want to just say this for the record. Bohemian Rhapsody winning last night actually isn't what made me super upset. What made me very upset was the amount of discourse afterwards that followed and some of the unprofessionalism I saw from, granted, not really professionals, I guess. They are trolls. Let's call a spade a spade here. It got ugly. It got really, really ugly. And when I saw poor Elsie Fisher, Mm -hmm. who is 15 years old, is having the night of her life in this room with all these celebrities, getting dressed up, going to the Golden Globes as a nominee for Best Actress, and she has to defend herself on Twitter against people that are calling her out for liking the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody won? Come on, people. That's just low. Like There were reasons that I would suggests that Bohemian Rhapsody should not win this award. I think it's going to look really bad. I think it looks bad now, but it's going to look even worse in weeks and months and years to come when you go to Wikipedia and see Brian Singer's name right there. But, you know, for people who just went to the movies to have a good time and enjoy a movie, I don't begrudge them that experience. You know, we should all be able to enjoy not at a all. movie no matter what it is. Yeah. So, you know, to pick on this, to pick on anyone, let alone a 15-year-old girl who's nominated at the awards, that's just a low, low, low place to go. I was going to add on to what Will said. Exactly what you said about that, you could also say about Green Book, which is yes, just absolutely. Enough, yeah, it's the same theory, which is interesting because I think that even gives it a little more legs. So Green Book last night, I mean, I, I predicted the favorite to win, Best Picture Comedy Musical. However, Green Book was my number two. I figured there's a chance with the nominations it received that it could pull off a Best Picture win. Yeah, okay, best fine. Predicted that mm-hmm. one. Mahershala Ali, I would say majority of us predicted Mahershala Ali. Okay, fine. You know, and I think amongst everyone here, I think Mahershala Ali is like the only thing in the film that we can all kind of agree on for the most part. But the screenplay? <laughs> Which I would not it, give it a screenplay that, win, and I say this is a big, big fan of the movie. I would not give it that screenplay win over the competition. And I think I, some of the love there is a little overboard. What? I wouldn't have either, but I did think that it was in a very good position. It wasn't my prediction, but I was really confident that it was at least in the number two for me, and I was very afraid that it was going to do it, and it did, unfortunately. You know what I think part of that might be? It's not exactly the quality of the screenplay, which is fine. It's not, I, I don't think it's a poorly written film myself. It's just not the best of the best. I think it might be the fact that uh, Nick Vallelonga is one of the writers, and by rewarding him, it's almost like a way of rewarding a character from the movie. I mean, it's kind I, of a it's kind of a way to award Vigo's character in such a way, not having to actually give it to Vigo. You can give it to his son, and they like a compelling story like that. I mean, but you are right, Matt. Between that competition, which um, 
I mean, I thought it was going to go to the favorite. Um, and if it wasn't going to go to the favorite, I thought it was going to Barry. Um, and then we saw Regina King win and I was like, oh, okay, then Barry's going to win, you know? Um, and the rehearsal one, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> and this is, and we have to remember too, like, and I know I might be stepping into the lion's den on this one, but this is the same group last year that gave three billboards outside of heavy Missouri, a film that is not controversial at all, uh, within our film circle, uh, a bunch of awards. No, not at all. And yeah. I was, we were me and the guys at in session film, we were texting each other back and forth and I was like, oh, great. Green Book, the 2018 version of Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which is a film that I liked upon initial watch. But the more I thought about it, the more its politics or its social uh, connections to the world and today are outdated. And that's just my opinion. I know, obviously, Michael and, and many others like the film, but um, it's not something that was surprising. What was surprising is in the era of Me Too of last year and continuing this year for a film like Bohemian Rhapsody to be the winner for Best Picture Drama up against a crowd pleaser like uh, A Star Is Born, like uh, Barry Jenkins' follow-up, Spike Lee's you know best in years, and of course the cultural phenomenon that is Black Panther – I could not imagine this film winning considering the fact of also the controversy surrounding it. And yet these 90, 60 to 90 yahoos decided to ignore the fact that Brian Singer is an alleged pedophile. And when asked about it afterwards, this is what made me mad. And I think this is what made you mad, uh, mad too is after the fact, when they asked him in the press room, the producers were like, well, this isn't the right time to talk about it, and moved on. And then put poor Rami Malek up there to kind of take the bullet for all of them. And to me, I want to know where the camera was at on Sasha Baron Cohen, mm. <laughs> who was in the room, who oh turned down this God. role, yeah. who on Howard Stern years ago said that this was a propaganda film to make the members of Queen feel good about themselves, and that... Freddie Mercury was supposed to die halfway through this film, and then they changed it. And the rest of the film was going to be about how the members of Queen survive it and then move on with like Adam Lambert and the many incarnations that they've had afterwards. And to see them all up there last night, that is what made me sick. Regardless, yeah, it, was gross. it was gross. And the smiles they all had on their face, whether or not that they – talked about brian singer or not it doesn't matter his name is still on the title card he still um could get nominated for best director and you if, saw if, him, if there's love for this and you saw could. him like tweeting all about as if he won you know he's like yeah. oh what a great night and brett ratner's like instagramming <laughs> yeah. at him being like congrats man oh my god oh, oh yeah that happened get it away get it away get that thought out of my mind can we talk about is... some positive things? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. so the go? night wasn't all that terrible. It really wasn't. I, I have a couple of things that I think are really exciting since I've had 24 hours on this. Mm -hmm. I think the Spider-Man win is really cool. Just, yeah. In the animated category, it's definitely the most creative and forward-thinking of all of the choices. And I, I think it's pretty damn cool. Um, I also think Gina King win is 
really great. And the first man's score win was a nice surprise. That came out of nowhere. Um, I got to say, I'm very, very happy that first man did win. I think it's a really fantastic score. A part of me is still wondering why Beale Street was not nominated. And if it had been, would we have had a different outcome? So beautiful. I think it would have been a toss up, but I think it still might have gone to first man. I mean, they do. Like- because this doesn't help us with Oscar as a result of that, because the whole competition isn't there. No, I think uh, Mary Poppins is still going to win the Oscar or has a chance to. And, well, I don't and know then also this... Black Panther could. Yeah. I think it's going to be really uh, interesting to see what wins Critics' Choice and what wins BAFTA for score. I think that will be the tipping point mm-hmm. in that conversation. As far as animated goes, I wanted it to be Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's in my top 10 favorite films of the year. And I am kind of scared to death that Spider-Man now won this because I'm just having Lego Movie flashbacks all <laughs> over again. Even though Lego Movie well, didn't Lego win the Movie Globe, did not win the Globe. I know. It I know it didn't. Nominated though, right? Yeah. But the idea that it was set up like it was going to just go all the way. It won all the critics' prizes. I remember it won Critics' Choice on the night it was snubbed. It, like it, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm really scared. That's all. I'm just. Well, you, <laughs> I, 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 it could go either way. You know, the Academy animation branch is so strange that what I'm picturing right now is that Spider-Man gets snubbed for something like Early Man from Ardman. But guys, mm. the Lego movie was snubbed when it was just the animation branch choosing the nominees. Everybody chooses the nominees now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've changed the rules. We I didn't realize that. I thought it was still yeah. the branch. And the, the progressive the, nature of that, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna. Okay, do if it's opened up, then then I do think Spider Man could get in. I was. I think we're living in a world right now where progressive nature means absolutely zilch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. The but Golden Globes and Oscars are different. That is true. We got to remember that there's not a single Golden Globes member that uh, votes within the Academy whatsoever, mm-hmm. and they are. F- foreign journalists now read into this however you want but i've been like starting to believe that any american-based controversy doesn't seem to reach overseas ears really or if it does they just don't care hence the billboards win last year hence the green book bohemian rhapsody like like it's i don't want to say it's tone deaf but 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 I but I could say it, and an argument could be made. Well, I think another thing is just when you get people that really like something, and then there's blowback from it. One of the things that can sometimes happen is people dig in their heels and say, "Oh, you don't like it, and you're going to talk bad about me for liking it." Well, here's best picture prizes for it. Here's a ton <laughs> of awards, and oh my gosh, <laughs> I think that there is a little bit of that mentality going on too. I certainly felt that last year with billboards, and I don't know how much. Bohemian Rhapsody will get there, but I do predict that the Green Book defenders are only going to feel more emboldened the more uh, successful it does this award season. And we do have to remember, too, that this is a box office smash, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Queen is a, one of the most popular bands. I think when they did polls in London recently, Bohemian Rhapsody, the song was considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest you know, British song of all time. And that's going up against songs like the Beatles and people's polls. So, um, I mean, it's crazy to think about this, um, in terms of its box office, uh, box office success, but wouldn't this be kind of considered, are you ready guys? A popular film. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to him go. There he goes. Be careful. Blowing a gasket over here. I will say one thing about animated film is that I picked actually Isle of Dogs to win last night because I thought Wes Anderson 
plays well with the Golden Globes a little bit more than anybody else. Yeah, I've heard and I thought that as me well. too. And I thought last yeah. night was kind of the nail in the coffin for Isle of Dogs to me personally to start any momentum. Uh, maybe it wins Critics' Choice in the upcoming weeks. No, but it, I think no, Spider Man's going to. I think it's Spider Man versus the Incredibles. We're going to have a comic book battle. That's yeah. Let's move over to the ladies. Uh, we already talked upon uh, touched upon Regina King winning for If Beale Street Could Talk. That's pretty significant that Amy mm-hmm. Adams left the Globes without a single win, and it she is. was up for two. Her Christian Arquette win was just a little baffling to me. That was surprising, the- but having watched, uh, I'm not finished it yet, but I'm watching Escape at Danamora. She gives a total transformation, tra- transformative performance on that show. You know who also gives a transformative performance and won a Golden Globe last night? I, I have to say, I've never once in my entire life ever heard anyone thank Satan in their award speech. No, that was so that was a first. Unique. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> what we should talk about next is speeches, because I think that's interesting. Like, particularly, I will say the one thing we have going for us with the Green Book wins last night is that um, acceptance speech for Green Book left a lot to be desired and is getting yeah, a lot of criticism. people off. Yeah. Versus Glenn Close, who oh, nailed it. And was basically that was the moment of the night. for her Oscar win. You know, that is something that's an audition basically for the Oscars. And I think that matters. That was an audition if I've ever seen one. You know, she had this really surprise win. Matt, I have to apologize to you because I was like beating you over the head the other night saying that Gaga had this on lockdown and no one else could take it away from her. And, you know, seeing Glenn Sorry. Close win here, this is a sign that this is now a best actress race between her and Olivia Coleman, who won over in uh, musical comedy. You know, it's going to be the two of them duking it out for the rest of the season. And I really do think Glenn Close is going to win that Oscar. I think she has the narrative. Everything's in her favor. I think she's going to take SAG. And this is this is the start of something. It was really an audition speech last night. It was lovely. She looked shocked yeah. beyond belief when she won. She cried. Mm. She got a standing ovation mid-speech. Mm-hmm. I mean. She made it relevant. She kept it classy. It was like a really, th- that was an Oscar speech. Yeah. 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 I wish she would have saved it for February, to be honest with you. She was fantastic. The genuine surprise of her winning was a moment that only live TV could capture. Unfortunately, now I think if she wins again, it will pale in comparison to this first moment, which did come as a genuine shock to us and to her. Or, you know, when I say us, I mean the next best picture team. We all predicted Lady Gaga to win, which she did win. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. She won the the easy prize, though. She saved her speech. She thought she was winning. Oh, yeah. Everyone thought she was winning. Glenn thought she was winning. When people ask uh, from now on, do people vote this way where they're nominated in two places? I'm going to give them a win here, but I'll give the win here to somebody else. The answer is yes. That happens. Like, I, 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 I always hear people say nobody votes like that. And it's like it totally does. But they look at 2014. They didn't. They all just gave it all to Inaritu when we kept like, yeah. oh, maybe we'll give director to Linklater and screenplay to Wes. No, they're just like, I like Birdman. I'm going to give it everything. But if you're a smaller voting body like HFPA, you're able to do it where you split it up if you're just 90 people. I, 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 and then you end up like in a um, uh, you end up like in a La La Land situation where, uh, you know, you could sweep seven for seven. I guess I guess really what it does just come down to is. That, that that passion, the, the passion that 90 people can have. I, I don't think we've had a year yet here at Next Best Picture where the entire team across the board was completely unanimous 
in terms of overall passion. But I do find it very interesting that when we uh, do our own ballots at the end of the year and I see because because we do preferential ballot uh, voting and I see like what ranks highest on most people's uh, choices. You know, I know that's not the way the Globes do it, but I mean, it's very interesting that the smaller your group size, the more you can come to some form of a general consensus where when you have 9000 people, you know, all bets are off. I mean, it could go anywhere at that point. Yeah. As for close, you know, just to go back to her for a second. I've seen some people since the wife opened in August say, oh, it's just a mediocre performance. I'll say it's a mediocre movie, but mm-hmm. she is just aston- astonishing in that movie. She I, transcends she, the movie. She carries it through the finish line. It is not some weak Glenn Close performance. This is one of the best performances of her career that just happens to be in a mediocre movie. So right. let's stop this whole thing of saying, oh, she's not that deserving. She is totally deserving of all this praise that she's getting. And it won't be like a, it is going to be an overdue win if it happens, but it's also going to be a deserved win if and when mm-hmm. it happens. You know what will also be a deserved win, too? I mean, I have to say, I I, I doubted it, you know, early on in the season because of the category confusion and what was going on with it. But Coleman is picking up steam with the critics wins. She has a good chance to win critics choice. And she won the Golden Globe last night. Michael, when you said it's the two of them duking it out, she has a, she has a very good chance to also win BAFTA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This is going to be tough. It's a nail biter. I think Close has that narrative that will push her through. But Coleman, you know, if they respond to that movie, it's a showy part. She, she she's definitely the number two speeches. here. Gaga has been demoted to number three. You know, when watching a lot of the Hollywood Reporter roundtables, I couldn't uh, take my eyes off the fact that everyone around those tables was kind of looking down upon Lady Gaga a little bit. To me, when, when she would talk and it, it kind of sounded the same kind of speeches, even Andy Samberg and Sandro kind of made fun of her last night with the 100 people in the 99. And there's just one, you know, and, and I think that that narrative is kind of spread around. And I think that they see the opportunity to give her for shallow the Oscar and then to look at close and Coleman, which I think last night, if we're going to do auditions for speeches, we were talking about speeches earlier, Coleman's speech Looked all, all over the place, to be honest with you. There was the moment where, you know, she's like, my bitches, you know, with Rachel Weisz and and, uh, and Emma Stone. And I thought that that was the best part of the speech. And when she thanked Yorgos, but she looked really nervous and really scared, as opposed to Glenn Close, who looked confident and had that speech down. I think Close wins SAG. I think Coleman wins BAFTA. I think um, Critics' Choice is kind of up in the air at this point. But I think Close is taking this home. To be honest yeah. with you, I think we waited mm-hmm. a long time for it, and now seems like the perfect time to strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now the question on my mind, also too, when we're talking about the actress races at this point in time, if Regina King could beat Amy here at Golden Globe, and hypothetically, I mean, actually, I don't know. Are we assuming that Amy is still going to take SAG with Regina not there, or is something else going to happen? I would think so because Amy had two Golden Globes going into last night whereas she only has a SAG for being a part of the American Hustle Ensemble. So seeing how that's sort of a wide-open category, that that would be an easy place to give her her own SAG. She's going to win double SAG. Most likely, unless you give it to her. She's going to win double SAG. Yeah. And then, and then it's going to come down to BAFTA. And, and then King's, of course, going to win Independent Spirit the night before the Oscars. And King's also going to win Critics' Choice, probably. Probably, most I, I likely. I think Amy's going to win SAG and BAFTA, but I do think King is going... Or I think Amy's going to win SAG and BAFTA. I wouldn't but be surprised if Rachel Weisz won BAFTA, to be honest. Yeah. 
That, she that also is disobedience. Happen. Yeah. That mm-hmm. But I, I really do think King is going to pull it off in the end. And I hope she does pull it off. Not only is it my favorite of the year, but I don't think Amy should be winning for this supporting performance in Vice for playing Lynn Cheney. I think she's capable of so much more. And I want to see her have a season all to herself in a lead category. Yeah. It's not much of a role. God, it would feel like a people say it would be what they're accusing Glenn Close of. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It was meatier than I expected based on what I heard. I just saw Vice a couple of days ago and I was kind of going in expecting nothing. I do have to say she brings a level of kind of restraint power to the role that is, I mean, I, I think there's something there. I don't think it's crap by any means. Oh, no, 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 no. It yeah, it's that. not, it's just clear not what I would now. consider a winning performance. She's very good and should probably be nominated. But if that's going to be Amy Adams Oscar and if she's only going to win one in her career, that's where we want it to be for. I also heard that shade will. Claire Foy is fine in First Man. Um, moving on uh, to Roma. Oh, man. Foreign Language and Best Director wins for Alfonso Cuaron. Uh Will and I, I think, share some sort of telepathic mindset because we both thought it. I, I voiced it verbally to Dan and Nicole. Uh, will, I don't know who you probably voiced it to, but definitely in the group chat to the rest of us. Um, if Roma was nominated for Best Picture Drama last night, I think it would have won. Yeah, well, absolutely. The group yeah. that gave it to Bohemian Rhapsody. So let's not get so, uh, you know, so. No, Michael, but I think he makes a really good point. I think that if Roma, I think they went for the safe choice. We can all agree with that. They went with the foreign language choice to get Corona up there uh, just in case he didn't win director. If they went like the spike route or went crazy and went to Peter Farrelly or something like that. And so they went with the safe choice, which was smart. But the director win. Which I mean, the three amigos just keep doing it, guys. It's it's you know you better it's hope and Yuri doesn't come out with a new film next year, otherwise he's winning director too. I would uh, not for <laughs> other reasons because I'm not a fan of his movies. <laughs> I understand it's just the trend, um, but uh, I think you know I've been the advocator against Roma all. Yeah, I love the film. Don't get me wrong; it's it's probably going to make my top ten of the year, but I just don't think. It's going to win Best Picture. Foreign language films never won Best Picture before. It's it's just an uphill battle. But it has just as much, I think, momentum as Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody coming out of last night. 18 wins for Best Picture so far for Roma this season, wow. leading the way. And Alfonso Cuaron smoking the competition. 29 wins for director. Mm. Next closest is... Lynn Ramsey and Spike Lee with four wins to his 29. That's a general consensus right there, well, if I've ever seen that's one. That's a general consensus with critics, though. Yeah. And critics but but, but, but wait, so now the question is this. Are you going to also say that Golden Globes are critics? Yes. To a certain but extent, The ones they, who picked Bohemian Rhapsody for best picture. The Golden Globes also picked the social network. They also picked Boyhood. They picked the early front runners all the time that don't translate to the Oscars. And La La Land and Moonlight. Well, then how do you explain this year, then? Well, they, I mean, it, they're just the Golden Globes, too. They will make easy decisions. <laughs> you can't always know what it is that they're thinking. But I think with Roma, it has a really good shot. But the problem with Roma is just it has so many uphill battles to climb. It's got the foreign language barrier that it needs to get over. It's got the streaming uh, issue that it needs to convince people of. It's Mm -hmm. got not uh, a ton of famous people in its cast. So there's not a lot of people that you can sell the acting branch on. You know, I think that it is, it does have a lot of steam behind it, but there are so many things that just one of them 
would be enough to knock a movie down from winning Best Picture, especially on a preferential ballot. And I think that is what is really going to be a big struggle for Roma. And that's why, as much as I want to believe in it, I have a hard time believing that it can really win on a preferential ballot. But ask yourself this question, too. Uh, On Oscar night, let's fast forward. Let's pretend Alfonso Cuaron is one director, he's one cinematography, and the film is one best foreign language film. And we come to Best Picture. Just, That'd be tough. I'm just saying, when I you mean, look at the whole picture the, and you take a step back. How many did The Revenant win on the night? Mm, how many Mad Max <sighs> the Revenant? The Revenant won three, and yes, that is a good comparison, actually. That's 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 not... Okay, all right. All right, I'll concede that it's one. It's not like the old days where you can kind of gauge how many awards a movie is winning up until Best Picture, because every other award is picked by plurality vote, and then Best Picture is completely different. They're two giant different beasts that you can't really compare to each other anymore here's what i will ask it i'll ask you this done josh do you think that roma is at least in the hunt to win yeah i think it is top three contenders but i also kind of feel like it's number three of them to be honest because i just have a hard time believing it can overcome all of those barriers to make it over the finish line speaking of being a top three contender Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta address this elephant in the room what has happened to A Star is Born? Oof, man. If it what can't I've, win on at the Globes, that's not good. <laughs> it's what I've said all along. It, it released so early, and, and um, its narrative has fallen to pieces. Um, I, I mean, everyone knows that I've talked to here on the Next Best Picture team knows that I'm not a fan of Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born. I'm that person on the internet. Not like that bad, but... I'm just the one guy that doesn't like the film, even though I gave it like a C, you know, and I've been called a bunch of things left and right for not overpraising the film. But that being said, I picked A Star is Born, just like every sane person in the world. And I was completely surprised because I thought we were going to go down the kind of La La Land route. We were going to have Cooper, Gaga, the song. Uh, Maybe it gets like a, maybe it upsets in screenplay. Who knows? But if not, it just gets picture. And I was blown away by the fact that it got song and that's it. And I've been playing this. It's it goes to that narrative. We've all some of us have been saying Black Klansman. Some of us have been saying Green Book. Some of us have been saying Beale Street. Some of us have been saying Roma. We all kind of been wondering if the giant what would beat the giant. Well, the giant kind of feels like it's beating itself. And I think that uh, Star is Born is fading fast. And I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. And what I thought was a lock for Cooper, I think, is fading as well. And, of course, we talked about Close. For acting, right? Yeah, for acting. And I think a sign for last night was not having Sam Elliott nominated. Because he's been nominated a lot of places. And if they couldn't get that supporting actor nomination in there... Uh, which was pretty slam dunk almost everywhere else, then that should have been a a little bit of a sign that this might have been coming. Um, Maybe Gaga backlash, maybe just the backlash of the film and it being the front runner. Um, It just kind of caught up to it. And, I mean, nobody predicted Bohemian Rhapsody, but... Well, now, let's ask this question, uh, because I think you're bringing up something that we've seen already kind of happen this season with Regina King. When a film takes a beating 
and does get set back a bit in the season. Um, do we feel it's still early enough for the passionate supporters to really rally behind now A Star is Born, the same way they have rallied behind Regina after that snag, uh, sag, sag snub? Got that out of my mouth. Um, do we feel the same thing could happen here with A Star is Born? Because there is still, I think, a path for it to do well throughout the rest of the season. It's just, like you said, Ryan, the the, the star has uh, started to fade away a little bit. But where's the path, Matt? The path would mean that it needs to win. For, we're talking PG, just about PGA. It needs to win PGA, which is not a lock. Um, and it, it, he could win. Uh, I mean, they, they're not winning SAG Ensemble, so we can all get that no. out of our heads. Um, BAFTA, it's not going there. Um, so... Where do you beyond PGA? Where can this thing pick up momentum and win Best Picture? And at, at this point, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to. I think we can start looking at the other ones. This is I would agree with you. I really would. I wow. have it down at number four. And I mean, the path is there, but it's getting narrow and dark. It would have to do SAG or PGA. I think it could do PGA more, which is more likely than SAG. But yeah, I, I just don't feel it as strong. And when you look at what these movies are about, you know, in the Trump era, so to speak, we've had Moonlight and The Shape of Water win. And those were both movies that felt like they were about something in this moment. Where I really like, like A Star is Born, it's on my top 10. I think Bradley Cooper did a terrific job. But that's not really a movie that's commenting on what's going on in the Times right now. Right. And mm-hmm. Not that it has to, you know, it could be a well done, entertaining movie. But then you have. Black Klansman, Roma, Black Panther. Those are movies I feel like they're really about what's going on now. And Black Klansman especially, that would feel like a very appropriate film to add to the Trump era of Best Picture winners. You know, something that's really commenting on where we are as a society now. So would Roma, too, Absolutely, to a certain extent. all three yeah. of them. Even Black mm-hmm. Panther would have something to say. Roma would be very topical concerning the fact, I think, and that's why I think Roma's climbing, is because why do we have this shutdown going on? It's because of immigration, and it, it would be a huge opportunity for Netflix to kind of campaign around that and say, "Look, this is a story about immigrants. This is a story about you know people from you know that are the people trying to fight to stay in this comp- uh, in this country." And I think that would be the narrative. Of course, we know Black Panther is the phenomenon that it is, deservedly so, um, and Black Klansman. If anyone sees Black Klansman, all you have to do is see the last five minutes of that movie. Know exactly yeah. what that film is all about. I think what exactly it right is. There. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, whatever wins SAG, and I swear, oh my God, I, I hope it's not Bohemian Rhapsody. So don't quote. It could so, be. I if it is, it if that wins, if any one of those wins SAG, I think that that is your new front runner, to be honest well, with you. We'll to be honest with you. I'm predicting. Uh, I'm not predicting Bohemian Rhapsody, though it is my number two. I'm predicting uh, Black Panther to win SAG because everybody votes for that. Your local weatherman votes for that. So that's yeah. a movie that everyone will have seen. I think the fact that Black Panther or Black Klansman got the nomination at SAG is the reward right there. The fact that it's hitting everywhere it needs to hit. The question is what guild or big prize could it win before Oscar? And I think if it picks up WGA, which seems pretty likely... That'll be the one. Or a spike upsets. Over yes, Spike could do the DGA, absolutely. The, in my opinion, the only legitimate threat to the Quran. So to that's what I meant as my number one. I think it's hitting where it needs to. And it reminds me of Spotlight, a film that didn't get any Golden Globe wins. It got the nominations, though. And then on Oscar nomination morning, we're going to see it hit 
and I'm predicting six categories, you know, two acting nominations, best director, best picture, screenplay, and editing. The exact same thing Spotlight did. Okay, I want to open up one more thing. Bale versus Malik. Mm-hmm. I think we need to talk about that. Ready, go. Is it Bale versus Malik? Like, is Cooper? Are we all saying Cooper's done? No, I don't no, think so. no, 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 no. But where, where is Cooper going to win next? Because honestly, I don't think he's going to win at SAG. And Critics' choice. No. Matter, though? <laughs> Critics' choice. There's a world where honestly, Critics' choice just goes to Ethan Hawke and doesn't influence the season at all. The dude has like 47 Critics nominations and I think 25 Critics wins. Far, you know, he's like a J.K. Simmons, Mahershala Ali level sweeper in that category. He's won and been nominated as much as Regina. I think he might win, and then that win just kind of leaves us scratching our head, like, what? How does this? Natalie happen? Portman winning for Jackie. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is the Rami show for the rest of the season. Bradley Cooper, we had at number one, but you know, this is Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody just came out of nowhere and. Struck a chord. The movie's made over half a billion dollars worldwide. So I think that's a lock to win SAG, a lock to win BAFTA, and I think that's going to translate to Oscar. I've just learned to accept that right now. It's going to happen. It's Eddie Redmayne all over again. It really is. Oh, my God. It it totally 100% is. And I I, He does not need your sympathy. (laughs) I know he doesn't, but I I, I still feel like... He's going to get nominated four times and not win. Yeah, he'll he'll leave with eight nominations. If if he, you know, he'll suddenly become like... He'll kill Trump, Amy Adams, and everyone else. He'll be 8-0. He's the new Peter O'Toole. There was a tweet from Mark Harris back in September or October, and he just shared it again last night. And this was a few months ago, he wrote, uh, picturing an award show in January where everyone says Bradley Cooper was such a good sport when he was snubbed. Mm-hmm. And that was De- months ago. Deanne, wh- who do you think is going to win it? Oh, this one's so hard for me. I'm kind of with Michael. I think Malik's on the road. Although that speech was not like Glenn Close. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> but neither was neither was Bales. He, he was trying to dance around Singer. That's what made it the awkwardness. Awkward. Yeah, yeah I thought gonna... he was drunk. But every actor, dancer, director, generally speaking, and the fact that he clearly didn't, and you know, it's like I, Will, I could tell you're 100 percent right. He was struggling to be like, don't thank Brian. Uh, all right, the, the producers. All right, thank Queen. You know what I mean? He like I could tell Brian. he, he got was Brian fired. I know, but he didn't want to mention him at all. I mean, you could just see exactly. he pause. He's like, oh, who else is there to thank? And like, yeah. And, you know, Rami Malek winning awards. I mean, he's won the Emmy. So, I, you know, the whole shock of him being like, wow, I really didn't expect this. I don't buy that personally. Yeah. I mean, they'll have a speech prepared next time now that they, they figure he's not going to be losing to Bradley. I'm sure he'll go. You know, I think he went in semi-blind here because a lot of people thought, the star is born would do much better than it did. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to officially accept my award for um, leading the next best picture team in Golden Globe predictions. And I'd like to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press for being as batshit crazy as I am so that I could actually win that prize. Thank you. Well, congratulations. You know, to you, and, and you know, there's a prize that comes with this now for winning Golden Globe predictions. You know oh, what that God, prize what? is? You get to host the Oscars. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, well. job. I won't do it. I'll do it with you, Dean. Okay. Anybody want to take point on this and explain the events that transpired uh, just days before the Globe? I mean, like, this was, this was unbelievable. <laughs> I can't. Like, it feels like it was just a waste of time, honestly, because the end result is that he's not going to do it still anyway. 
And I feel like Ellen made herself look like a fool. I think that the whole thing, like, we had moved on. We were we were ready to just move on with either a new host or um, the, the award season in general with all these other shows. And it's like this story just came back. And it's like, well, we're talking about this again. We're talking about Kevin Hart possibly hosting the Oscars. And for anyone that thought that his stance was going to change or anything was going to change, mm-mm. And... I just I I just feel like it wasted everybody's time, and I I, I really just don't want them to do a host anymore uh, for this show at this point. I think he was testing the waters. I you know yeah, I, I he think was. he was hoping to that he would you know put a little hint that he might be coming out out there, and he would suddenly hear from the internet, ah, all is forgiven. We want you to host. And when <laughs> that's stupid. Well, okay, <laughs> but do, do, I, I I don't want to be a dick, but do we have proof that he's Einstein? No, I mean, of course like, not. <laughs> he, he's a good, he's a funny guy, and he's a good star. But he's already shown that, you know, based on posting that video on his Instagram, that he has some questionable judgment with how to handle people. And I think he's been in denial. And I think this is yeah. just a sign of that. In the I same think- way that Kevin Spacey was testing the water, obviously to a much heavier extent when he put that video out there i think these guys are hoping to hear that all is forgiven and we want you back and then when the internet is like no go away then they realize there's issues and it's not even that i think kevin hart is like this homophobic jerk you know i think he's grown as a person since then blah 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 all that but what really bothers me is that he's like lying his way around the whole thing going oh yeah i apologize and he's just acting so arrogant there is no apology he won't fess up to anything. All you have to do is take the easy way out and apologize and, you know, make the Academy happy. And he couldn't do that. So he's just like acting like a pompous jerk here. Yeah. And like I said, the fact that Ellen brought him on the show and advocated for him, it, it, it just to me, it didn't come off as genuine. It came off like Ellen was trying to be a company woman and just trying to move the Oscars along. Matt, you know? Did you watch the whole interview? Like the, I did all, the, all of it. Okay, I watched the first clip um, where I think she introduces him out there. Or whatnot. There's like nine clips of it. It's it's it was like you know, reading a novel. Um, and at first I was I was kind of with him. To be honest with you, I was like, okay, I see what you're trying to do here. I understand. Okay. And then when Ellen said she called the Oscars and and was kind of vouching for him, I'm like. Oh God, here we go. And then he goes into the whole thing about trolls and it's yep. just like, you're not, you're not getting it. Like, no, the thing what Kevin Hart should have done here is he should have admitted to his mistakes. Ellen says that she's, you know, he can't control what Ellen does, obviously. So what he needed to do in that moment is if you're going to, Kind of like what Don Lemon said, you need to be an ally at that point. You need to say, put your money where your mouth is. Say, I'm going to work with the Trevor Project. I'm going to work with a you know uh, AIDS organization, a LGBTQ organization. I'm going to work with somebody so that I can learn more. Instead, he's not. He just wants his gig back. And it's different than a lot of other comedians that say a lot of bad things is that they show empathy. He didn't show empathy. And that's what sucks. He made himself look like a victim. Exactly. Is that he made himself look like a victim. And now it, the reason why I say it sucks is because it puts us back in this in this situation of talking about him, which I don't want to talk about this with a month ago with the Oscars. I love the Oscars. 
but I think that they have handled this poorly. They have done a terrible job. They have no idea what they're doing. They they can't they uh, they they can't call anybody or have the confidence enough to say we're going to go get that person and we're going to stick by that person regardless of what it is. Even if Kevin Hart was still doing it, we'd all watch it and we'd probably pan it and we move on to the winners. And instead, the Academy has done the best popular film thing. They've taken away uh, awards from pe- uh, on live television, and they've done this. And they've left us pretty much in the position where it feels like May. It doesn't feel like January for the Oscars. It feels like May when we're still kind of figuring it all out. And that's terrible. And it makes me long for the days of Laura Dern being the president of the Academy. Because huh. I think this <laughs> crap would be better handled if she was in charge. Because it, she knows her, she knows mess. her stuff. It's well, people are talking about maybe John Bailey needs to resign. I think he need. I think he needs to. I think this is such a shit show year that the the graceful the graceful thing would be to do it. Honestly, I don't know if it's just him though. You know, I don't know the inner workings of the Academy, and I know he's probably an easy figurehead to go after. But you know, he's not the only one making decisions. Don Huston was the is impetus. Also for like the popular film they even said as much you know he was very much the guiding figure okay, if he's the one pushing for it then all the blame goes to him but i mean i just don't know like when you have a big organization like the academy don hudson i'm sure is making very big decisions the board of governors are making big decisions i i think there's more than one person to blame in the blame game here but i think you can then contrast that to what cheryl boone isaacs was doing and her push to reform many of the things that the Academy was doing and was very much from her perspective and all of those projects were spearheaded by her, I think that you can see a very clear difference in the leadership of the Academy. And under John Bailey, I I just really don't feel like most of his decisions in terms of what to do with that organization and where their priorities should lie have been successful really in the slightest. Popular film was his idea. I mean, like, okay, he, well, then that that's case, they said throw that all baby, at him. So, yeah. Okay. Well. I mean, I think we're just at a point now where, I don't know, uh, let's go around the horn and let's ask actually really quick, Will, what would you like them to do at this point? Uh, it, like, in, in, in an ideal world, but being realistic, too, at the same time, what would you like them to the do? The idea they have proposed a couple times, and I think this will probably happen at some point, is they have three or four people there, maybe as many as six, um, recognizable names and faces so that the burden of hosting an entire show is not on a single person. But there is still some kind of structure guiding the proceedings, so it's not the wild, wild west like the Rob Lowe and Snow White year. And I think that's going to happen, and I think that is for the best. We Nobody wants to – at this point, anyone who they could get to host would probably be C-list because nobody A-list wants to do it clearly, especially not after what's happened. So you know, give us five or six people. Lin-Manuel Miranda can pop in for a minute. Um, you know, uh, Maya Rudolph or Tiffany Haddish, some of these people who, if they say, you don't have to host the whole thing, just make an appearance. Something like that works. And I think that's our best solution so that it gives people who aren't awards geeks still something of a reason to watch, but you can actually get people to do it. Okay. Michael, what would you like to see them do? Well, just on that note, this is, that's very reminiscent of what they did from like the fifties up until the eighties. They would have times where Every few years, it would be like a group of four or five celebrities that go to host. And sometimes there would be very weird pairings. Like in 1974, you have 
John Houston, Burke Reynolds, David Niven, and Diana Ross. All <laughs> really doing it at different points. You know, it gets weirder and weirder, and they have like just combos of celebrities doing the Oscars. So this is something that's happened before. As for my ideal scenario, look, it's not going to be the Lin-Manuel Miranda solo hosting job at this point. He's doing Hamilton in Puerto Rico, so forget that. Uh, if we're just to go back to the traditional idea of here's a host or uh, co-hosts doing it, I would like to see something a little different if we're just trying to get someone last minute, and that's a combo of uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Okay. Josh Parham, what about you? Uh, well... I got to be completely honest that the host of the Oscars has always been like the least interesting thing about the show to me because they are somebody who comes out, they do a monologue, they disappear, they come back for a little bit. And I just have never really cared all that much. I have been more focused on the actual ceremony and making sure that that show moves along and we get to see the winners that we want to see. So I, I would prefer somebody who is just can can get up there and just do the job and sort of recognize that this has all been kind of a crazy lead up and just move on. So I know that's not a very good answer, but I I, I kind of have the same sort of apathetic feeling about this is that we've gone through this cycle for so long now that I just want to get to the awards. I just yeah. want to see who wins the Oscars. That, that's where I'm at, too. I, I like I don't care anymore i cared like a few weeks ago but now let's just get to the awards oh and speaking of if we're gonna not have a host or if we're gonna have just a bunch of people or something can we give the awards on the air now please Mm -hmm. please free up some time Mm -hmm. um okay what about you yeah i'll go okay so i am totally fine with no host i think you have really strong presenters that kind of carry the weight of moving things forward there's an announcer i think we have an opportunity this year to open the show with a showstopper, which is shallow, and give it its moment. I mean, I can't even imagine a better way to represent the best part of that film than to have a live performance of that open the Oscars. I think it'd be beautiful. You also get get rid of one song, and then you'll have to perform it again later in the show. Well, no, you wouldn't. You would just count that as the performance. Yeah, that's how they did. That's it with what I mean. Trolls. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. No. No. That's exactly what I mean. Oh. It saves time. Yeah. Saves time. Oh, sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's okay. Uh, and then uh, last but not least, uh, Ryan, uh, what would you do? So I like what Deanne just said. Deanne, that's pretty pretty spot on. That's what I would do, though I would do it a little differently. Um, is that you need to get a host, to me, to be honest with you. It's tradition. We are traditionalists. We want to see all the awards on there. You need a host. It's tradition. I, I'm sorry to say it. There's no host idea. There's a reason why we haven't done it for so many years. It's tradition to have a host. You need to figure out who the host is. So in that case... What was the most memorable opening of the last couple of years? Ooh. Can't stop the feeling from Justin Timberlake. Yeah, it was. You need to back up a money truck and you need to go to two houses. You need to go to <laughs> Justin Timberlake's house and you say, you're not making anything right now. I know you're on tour. You can take a day off. You know what I mean? We'll pay those people their tickets. I don't care. I mean, nobody wants to go see him in his, like, you know, his, uh, his uh, kind of cargo pants or whatever that he's wearing now for Man, in, Man of the Woods or whatever outfit. Go do the Oscars. And if you can't do that, bite the bullet for one year and call Billy and bring Billy back. I would love because that that's not going to fly in 2019. People didn't really you dig don't, his shtick in 2011, though. I understand that. But you don't have a choice. And it, I'll tell you this. Billy Crystal is a lot better than Kevin Hart right now. And people like Billy Crystal. And he can do a show quick. 
That's the thing but is he, he can do this quickly. The Borscht Belt humor that would go right over the, over the heads of the audience that they're trying to attract. You're trying to save face. It's not about like the audience. The audience, the audience would be relieved because then they don't have to have somebody there grilling them. I mean, you know that that's the thing is that they need somebody that can just move along the show. Billy can move along the show. He's done it so many times. It'd be great to bring him back. Um, you know, he ha- he obviously would do his Oscar Oscar song, and it would be a good callback. But if you can't do either of those, then yeah, bring. I wouldn't do shallow to start the show. I would do Triple Little Life Fantastic. And that's how I would mm. start off the show. And I try mm. to bring as much cheer and joy without bringing Snow White and Rob Lowe up on that stage as possible. And yeah, I would I would call him in Will Miranda and I would try to get him up there as fast as possible because I don't think those actually start till March, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Dick what, Van Dyke Hamilton? too. Yes. Hamilton's going on now. It's just uh, until end of January. End of January? Okay, so end of January when the Oscars. End of February? Bob's your uncle. You can get him to go and do. He's going to do triple triple little life fantastic anyway. So call him. He'd love to do the Oscars. He loves Disney. He loves the Oscars. He loves singing and dancing. He can put a show together. He would need like eight months to prepare and do some whole big crazy thing like he does at the Tonys. True, but I mean, you're we're we're talking about we're like in the fourth quarter, two minutes to go, and we're down by fourteen points. And we come on, Lynn. We need you. We need we need (laughs) somebody. We need a touchdown. <laughs> I think as as much as this year has been crazy and terrible and all over the place and unorganized and everything, I still, as all of us do, we believe in tradition. And we believe in having an Oscar host, and we, we must have an Oscar host. And if they don't have an Oscar host and it fails, then we need a president's head the next day. Yeah. So basically, the Oscar hosting gig is turning into the Eagles-Bears game from last night, where we're not going to know the answer <laughs> until the final second. I, I want to just say for the record, who would have thought they would see today where Michael Schwartz was a bigger sports fan than most of us? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> not, wow, I'm so flabbergasted by this. I like, get as passionate about that as I do the movies this time go, of year. Go Cowboys, Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah, I predicted that. it the first time I ever met him. <laughs> In the event that the Oscars fail as Ryan suggests they might, if they can't get a they, host, they are going oh, to, they will. And this year is a clusterfuck when they're already bleeding ratings. What does that mean for the future of a, of the show, a show that they cannot get anyone to host anymore. Yeah. I'm talking like suddenly things start looking very bleak for the immediate future of the show. The ratings hundredth and last Oscars. <sighs> All right. So uh, if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, I think I read a headline that said that last night's uh, Golden Globe Awards was also down in the ratings. They were. They were so up from things like the Emmys. Yeah, but people aren't watching award shows. Golden Globes were certainly still down. Emmys were down. Everyone's down. And the Oscars. Well, everyone's cutting the cords. Everyone's doing Sling TV. Everyone's doing YouTube TV, PlayStation. They're streaming stuff. They don't take those into account for the ratings. People, it's expensive to have cable television, guys. Just yeah, just I streamed it last night. So, so it's it's really tough for people, especially with you know a lot of people right now. You know, government shutdown, things like that. They they're pinching pennies. People are pinching pennies right now. I watched uh, my beloved you know Dallas Cowboys the other night at my in laws' house, and they cut the cord, and we were watching it on a router. So, I, I mean, you know, uh, this idea that, you know, the, oh, the ratings, the ratings are terrible. The ratings have always not been the biggest ones. They've always exaggerated those numbers to me personally. It's so never been 100 million people. Yeah, a quick 
in Utah, DirecTV doesn't have a contract with KSL right now, or excuse me, KSL is what owns the embassy affiliate. So anyone in Utah who has DirecTV was not able to watch the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. I had to stream it through a secondary service. So with that said, we know the ratings are going to be down. They're going to look at this as a failure still um, because they're locked into this really, really crazy deal with ABC Disney. And they need to produce in order to live up to the end of their uh, bargain on that deal. I don't understand how we can all look at this and have the answers and yet nobody can seem to figure out the answer um, over there. Hi, everyone. This is Tim Costa. I'm Hermano De Silva. And this is Walter Vinci. And together we are the First Time Watchers Podcast. Each week we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together. And then discuss. These movies could be new. Or old. Or on our list of shame. You can find us on iTunes by searching for the First Time Watchers Podcast. As well as on Stitcher. And we love interacting with our listeners. So if you have any suggestions, send us a tweet. An email. Or post to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. I mean, it's all about interaction. And talk about what we love, movies. And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And oh, no, look, no, let's no, no. talk stop, about stop, this. Stop, stop. Shut up, shut here. up, shut up, shut and up. I wonder shut who up. the cat God damn it, shut up. Let's move over to something that we do hopefully have some answers to. And that is some clarity on the award season because the guilds have started to chime in. We got a lot of announcements this week from a lot of the guilds, starting off with the Producers Guild of America nominations, 10 nominees for Best Motion Picture. We have Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians, The Favorite, Green Book, A Quiet Place, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. No Mary Poppins Returns and no If Beale Street Could Talk. Beale Street is just. Uh, I'm so Beale sad Street about and that. Poppins are suffering. I mean, Poppins couldn't. I, I'm jumping a little ahead, but not only did Poppins miss PGA, Poppins couldn't get in what should have been a very easy nomination with the American Cinema Editors um, musical or comedy category, losing to Deadpool Two, which Fox barely campaigned. Yeah, like it's struggling. I took it out of my best picture predictions. I have it outside at ten in a year of like eight or nine. Yeah, I mean, uh, Will, you made a compelling argument to me the other day when I was debating if Poppins or Beale Street could still make it. Uh, Tell everyone what you told me about the case for Beale Street. Okay, so, you know, because this all started with someone saying, oh, no, but I feel like people are very passionate about Mary Poppins. But the issue is... There's always a film that doesn't make the PGA and still shows up at the Oscars, and it's not a blockbuster. It's a small film that is very passionately received. I'm not sure if it's going to be Beale Street, but these are the rooms, the phantom threads, the films that they're often late breakers. They're not big producery films, but if 300 people really love them, they can get in. Now, Mary Poppins is a film that is a producer's wet dream. It is more a producer's project than it is a writer's or a director's medium. There is no reason it should have gotten in. It didn't even need the passion to get in. It just needed, you know, enough people to think it was good enough. And it friends of Mark Platt and John DeLuca. That's it. Right, huge Hollywood producers behind it, and it couldn't do it. So are you going to tell me that this film that couldn't get enough passion among its prime audience 
is going to suddenly show up. Certainly not at BAFTA. Apparently the British critics and a lot of the British industry didn't like it. So I think it's DOA. So then what do you look at? If something's going to get in, well, Beale Street is probably the, the best guess. It's not performing well at the guilds. It missed the ADG and it missed the ASC. If Either we have eight films or Beale Street gets in, though. Uh, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't see an, a, another outcome. I mean, it is the only film that still seems small and prestigious enough that, oh, well, we can explain away it missing some of the guilds. And then what's even stranger is that you have First Man, which we're looking to get maybe six, maybe even seven nominations out without Best Picture. And that just seems bizarre. Like, who gets seven passion. nominations? Oh, but, but maybe it's you – no. Know, I want to actually go back to that because that's the thing that I find very, very fascinating is that, yes, it didn't get the PGA. Um, it, it does stand a chance to get a high nomination tally without a Best Picture nomination. And it could be all text. Maybe Claire Foy. I don't know. Bafta might tell us something. I have no idea. But I am starting to wonder, uh, Will, to your point, like if if it's not Poppins and if Beale Street, if, you know, it just keeps missing, um, why can't it be First Man? Because I, in a year of 10, the old system, I think it would have done great. I'm sure it's a lot of people's eight or nines, but this current system exclusively rewards passion. And one or two f- people on film Twitter might disagree, but for one reason or another, First Man just did not ignite passion in people. It is a film people like but do not love, and this system does not reward that. And it is the same sentiment that is hurting people, that is hurting uh, if Beale Street could talk, people are coming out of it saying, oh, it left me cold. Films that are not heavy on the emotion don't do well at the Academy, and they don't do well at the industry. Explain the, <sighs> explain the difference, though, because uh, I'm still struggling with this. I, I, I haven't been able to crack it myself. How is it that every person I know uh, within film Twitter and in my personal life that has seen Beale Street thinks it's one of the best films of the year, gushes over it, is so enthusiastic about how much they love it? But yet, Academy members, I, th- this like just goes back to like we can't really understand the Globes and what they choose to go with, and it almost seems like we can't understand Academy members too because it's just it's weird to me that they would feel that way about Beale. They're not necessarily as elitist as film Twitter is. Film Twitter typically has very high standards and can tend towards the pretentious. But uh, look at the Academy members, and then especially look at the Guild members. If you're ASC, ADG, there's a decent chance you're semi blue collar. I mean, like, yeah, that's a good point. If films that are a little more artsy and distant, they're not going to go for that. Why do you think Bohemian's doing so well? This is your your friendly neighborhood sound mixer voting. You know, it's <laughs> it's not that shocking. So, looking at past PGA uh, nominations uh, that correlated over to Oscar, uh, it it stands a good chance to say that majority, with the exception of one, maybe two. Pretty much, I would say one um, is in this PGA 10. And as of now, actually, wait, maybe not as of now, as of the time of the PGA announcement, I still haven't uh, put this together with the rest of the guilds that have announced afterwards. Uh, but Black Panther and A Star Was Born stood as of the PGA announcement as the only films that received AFI, Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, National Board of Review, PGA, and SAG Ensemble. Uh, nominations. Now, 
moving over to the other guilds and seeing where the love has been spread. You know, we touched upon uh, for ACE Eddie uh, in Dramatic, you have Klansmen, Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's crazy this movie keeps showing up. Uh, First Man, Roma, A Star is Born for Dramatic, No Widows, Rest in Peace. Uh, Comedy, Crazy Rich Asians, Deadpool 2, The Favorite, Green Book, Vice. Now, the question there, it becomes now for like best film editing, which is so tied to best picture in many ways, are our nominees for best film editing in these 10 films? I still think Black Panther can get in there, but I cannot overstate how bad it was for Black Panther to miss here. There is literally no reason it should have missed out. It was out. shocking. Shocking. The, the, the ACE always goes for action films if they're even close to a best picture contender. And people say, oh, well, Spotlight missed the ACE, but you know it, it still turned out okay. Uh, first off, that's the only time that you missed the ACE and still won the Oscar. But more importantly, Spotlight is not what you think of as a flashy editing movie. Mm-hmm. Black Panther is. Big, quick cuts, action sequences. That's That's like an editor's wet dream. And missing that and missing the ASC with last year's Academy nominee Rachel Morrison is very troubling to me. Like, I... So I'm sorry. You really thought it was a contender for cinematography? Yeah, well, I didn't see that at all. I figured it was it, with the ASC, not with the Oscar. Absolutely. I didn't think it deserved it, but they like their mainstream there. Don't forget. I mean, uh, and she's it, a hot commodity right now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the big thing. She's she's on top of the world. She's you know, she was the first female DP ever nominated. I mean, the ASC nominated the imitation game. They like what they like. And so moving over to ASC, then Roma, A Star is Born, The Favorite, First Man, Cold War. Is anybody predicting those exact five for Oscar. Yeah, it's crazy because we thought Beale Street might have been the runner-up behind Roma, and where the hell is it here? What happened? Uh, I cannot understand how in the world Beale Street is not nominated by the Cinematographers Guild. It just is baffling to me. Uh, Thank God Bohemian Rhapsody didn't get in here, you know? It's like, what is going on? And I think this might be our Oscar five. I think Cold War showing up here is definitely a good sign for that. I'm frankly surprised by First Man, which has some of my favorite cinematography of the year, but I thought it would be divisive with the handheld and all. They like Linus, though. You know, I mean, he's a recent previous winner, but oh, I think... That, no, didn't he lose ASC to, um, to uh, yeah, uh, Lion? For Lion? Yeah, that was crazy mm. when that happened. <laughs> no, no, I would actually argue it's not that crazy because ASC actually doesn't pick the front runner a ton. They usually always go with Lubeski and Deacons, which has sort of skewed that um, those precursors a bit. But generally, like they didn't pick La La Land. They didn't go for uh, Life, Avatar. Uh, Life of Pi, Avatar, uh, Hugo. So they tend to not go with the front runners quite often. And All right, that's a, that's a fair point. With the exception of Les Mis and uh, the Imitation Game, almost all of the nominations here crossover to oscars Hmm. we talked about this months ago that there was no best cinematography winner and few nominees you could even compare it to in what it it is similar they don't like that kind of indie filmmaking typically um i do think part of the reason laxton got in was because how much they loved moonlight i'm not shocked this missed 
I'm really not, especially when it leans so heavily on the production design. It's a very pretty film, but this is not a Ampus and ASC cinematography type movie. I thought it would be like Carol. I really did. I'm not surprised that it missed because at this point, the season's just conditioned me to expect that Beale Street is going to miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know? Beale Street I mean, wanted to do well. They should have ended it with a Queen song. Oh, well, I think if Beale Street wanted to do well, they shouldn't have moved it to December and should have kept it in November. Boom. There you go. Dropping some truth bombs in here. They should have gone from Annapurna because Annapurna's in dire straits right now and can't run yep. campaigns. Should have gone back to 824. Speaking of can't run campaigns, yeah, 824. <laughs> what is going on? I, I, I'm going to go to Art Directors Guild. I can't even right now. Art Directors Guild nominations, period film, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> God, I, it keeps showing up. The favorite, First Man, Roma, Fantasy Film, Black Panther, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, The House with a Clock on Its Walls, Mary Poppins Returns, Ready Player One, Contemporary Film, A Quiet Place, A Star is Born, Crazy Rich Asians, Mission Impossible Fallout, Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> Welcome to Marwin. Look at that. It may, I mean, if you think about it, I'm surprised it wasn't fantasy, but I, if I'd known it'd be contemporary, I'd predict it. Think about all the sets they had to build for his little fantasy world. Yeah. I try not to think about that movie, Will, to be honest with you. I'm a little, once again, no, I'm going to just tie this back to A24. I'm a little upset to see Hereditary not get into contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, A24 is doing this weird thing this year with their campaigning or lack thereof, which I'll get to in our next guild. Uh, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of nominees here. There's 15 nominees. Obviously, I think the Oscar five is included in here somewhere. Um, was there anything very notable that missed uh, to, to to your eyes? I mean, Beale Street, uh, I guess, once again, um, if you want to consider that notable. But the fact that they have three different categories here makes it, you know, more open. So uh, no Mary, Queen of Scots. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, kind of surprised about that. I'm going to be sort of dead on arrival, I'm sorry to say. And it's a shame because it's a good movie. I hope Nicole Ackman isn't listening to this because I know how much he loves it. But it, it, it's really a shame that that's not showing up more. Hmm. That and uh, somewhat of a sign that Klansmen and Green Book aren't, you know, unstoppable in the guild scene. Because if you're a period film and you're a genuine best picture contender, you're usually going to get in here. It's true. That's a good. That's a good observation there for uh, Klansmen. Crazy Rich Asians is a good inclusion here, by the way. I think that could cross over to Oscar possibly. I, I agree. I tweeted about that this weekend. It feels so much like the Birdcage, PGA and SAG nomination, acclaimed comedy. Um, they basically shut it out and they throw it a token contemporary production design nomination because it's flashing that area's way to acknowledge it. It feels. Like but I gotta ask. I gotta ask the million dollar question then. Uh, if we're gonna get to nitty and gritty, the favorite. First Man, Roma, Black Panther, Mary Poppins Returns. Which one are you dropping to include Crazy Rich Asians? Either Roma or First Man, I would say. Yeah. First Man. First Man, I would say. Probably First Man. First yeah. Man. yeah, it makes the most sense. Which is really sad since they built that whole outer space. Uh, uh, that's like killing a kid right there, man. That's, that's <laughs> really, they did a lot of great work on. I want to. I want to wait to see what Bafta says. I, I want to wait to see what Bafta does, and then we'll uh, we'll move it over from there. Uh, last guild that announced uh, for this week: the Writers Guild oh of America, the WGA. Uh, <sighs> I've known as the Pulse Trader Fan Club, apparently. <laughs> All right, 
So, films that were previously announced that were not eligible. Blind Spotting, The Death of Stalin, The Favorite, Leave No Trace, Sorry to Bother You, a bunch of others, but those were the big ones. Nominees for the D- WGA are Black Klansman, Black Panther, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, A Star Is Born. And then for original screenplay, Eighth Grade, Green Book, A Quiet Place, Roma, and Vice. Hey, no Bohemian Rhapsody, guys. No Bohemian Rhapsody. I was so happy that either First Reformed or Eighth Grade could get in because, once again, I don't know what the hell is going on this year with A24, but they have not put out a single FYC ad all season long for any of their movies. I don't know if it's a money thing. I don't know if they just don't believe in the contenders. They lost their awards people to Netflix, combination of all three. I don't know. But god damn, if this means that Eighth Grade can get an original screenplay nomination on merit alone with no campaigning, that would be a win in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, I, I would like, I cannot tell you how confident I feel in eighth grade after today. That is such a show's strength, and it's the exact kind of passion that'll get it the number one votes it needs to get a nomination over something like A Quiet Place. And I think that's our loser in our original screenplay mm, category. Yeah. So then eighth grade replacing it with the, the big, favorite, obviously. Uh, the big, the big, the big sick. Short, the big sick. The big sick, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It definitely feels like that for sure. I mean, it should be a picture contender the same way Big Six should have been a picture contender. But if it gets that lone screenplay nom, hey, that's justice enough. And that's the best place to reward uh, that film, in my opinion, as well. Looking at Adapted, uh, that's our Adapted 5, would you say? Or do we think there's wiggle room there for something like Leave No Trace oh, to uh, get in there? There's definitely yeah, I- I think yeah, we have no Leave No Trace. It wasn't eligible, so we don't really know how it's going to play. But there's a lot of passion there. And... Panther, people clearly like, but the WGA was more predisposed to go for it than Ampus. They've only nominated one superhero film before, unlike the WGA. And coming from someone who really, really likes Black Panther, the screenplay is not its strongest aspect. How sad that The Hate You Give didn't get in. I, I know. That, I don't that want to talk about it. That film has been done wrong <laughs> by the awards scene all year long, and it hurts me. Yep. We tried, Will. We actually, we really, we put it forth a good effort. We did. We really did. I mean, we got people to see it. So there is that. You know, that's one of the things I take great pride in this year is that uh, people that listen to the show, based on our recommendations, have sought out some films that we've advocated for this year. And that's that's really cool, at least. So, um, But once again, Poor Widows. I'm going to just throw that out there again because I think it deserves yeah. to keep being yeah, said. really. Poor Widows. Poor Widows. That's... Poor Gillian Flynn. She just keeps getting snubbed and it's just ridiculous but i was happy to see can you ever forgive me get in there a film that we really have started fading away from the conversation and i hope it does get in that that screenplay along with that film i like that film a lot and i don't think it's i love that film i don't think it's getting enough praise and and but i mean to be honest with you right now the year for me yeah i'll be honest with you right now i think this is this is barry's category to lose oh barry what yeah Mm-hmm. What about the Oscars? Mm-hmm. No, no. Mm-hmm. A year? No, this mm-hmm. is spikes. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, talking all the way, baby. No, I, I still maintain this it's is my spike. do or die for the year. I'm telling you. All right, that that movie man, that no that... one's responding to. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. 
Hey, if you get it right, you get the bragging rights. So hey, kudos yeah, to you if it turns out it to be right. Clearly, it didn't work out for me with Lady Gaga and Matt last time. So I'm just making my mouth shut now. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I, I, something about something about Barry, man. That guy just. I know that the beyond the film, you're voting for the guy here. One last thing I want to uh, point out about this week in general. Um, I think it deserves to at least get a little bit of talk right now. Um, Vice had a huge surge from the guilds and uh, you know the Christian Bale Golden Globe win. Despite what the critics are saying, I mean, we're having, we're having a year where despite what critics say about anything, things are happening. But um, I just want to know, like, where do you guys gauge Vice at this point uh, in the Best Picture conversation? Because I know as of, what, two weeks ago, we were all kind of like in or out, you know, not really sure. So where, where are we feeling now? It's back in. It has to be back in. It's there. Yeah, I actually like, was just that, really... Like in general, like it's in the area, then it doesn't mean it's going anywhere. Sorry, Dean. I was... No, no worries. I was really worried that um, I was underestimating it at the Globes and that it was with all those nominations, it was going to do something unexpected. I think the fact that it didn't there, um, I think, you know, Bale has a chance to still be in the conversation, but I feel the rest of the categories that it's slipping in the ranks just because of obviously some of the other noise around the film. It's not like the big short, to be honest with you. I'm not feeling the vibe of that. I mean, that film... I remember I, when I saw the big short and uh, I think a lot of us had that when we saw the film, we were, when we were done with it, I had to see it again because of everything that he threw at us, McKay. And in this film, maybe it's just because we knew so much about this. Maybe it's because I think the film is a tale of two halves um, where the first half I think is pretty good. And the second half is like a Wikipedia article. Um, I think you know, the screenplay nomination, it's going in there because I think it's a weak year in terms of who's in the running for the Oscars in a, an original screenplay. He's not getting director. Uh, Adams will get in there. Um, it, 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 I could see editing for sure. Um, but I think I mean, it could win editing. It could win editing. It's a very well edited film, even though it's really all over the place at times at the beginning. That's like nine openings, like, you know, nine beginnings, basically, to that film. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a weird film. A lot of um, this is just such a weird year. I said this on Twitter the other day, and I really believe this. This has probably been my least favorite lead up to Oscar nominations. I can remember in quite a long oh, time. With... Bizarre. I've been doing this for 11 seasons straight, and I feel like for the first time I'm being punked this season. Like every day I feel like I'm. Uh, ready for someone to tell me this is all just a giant you know what though it's better but i still say it's better than a year like 2011 where everything is given the entire season yep Uh, oh no 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 no. i don't mean like that i don't mean even like that i mean with the controversies behind the films uh the stuff going on with the academy the best popular film like like everything it's just everything. I, I think the controversies are here to stay. It's just a thing of Twitter because if you look out, back at Best Picture lineups in the last 10 years and you're like, oh, that was so smooth sailing. We didn't have films mired in controversy. You know, if like District 9 and The Blind Side and some of those That's movies true. had come out today, the think pieces would have crucified them. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's here to stay. So get used no, to that's it. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good observation. I mean, yeah, I, I think that, it, you know, I think the kind of films that they nominate haven't really so much changed. It's we've we changed. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think what's crazy is that we all, I think we can all agree, 2018 was a really good year for film. So to have an Oscars, 
uh, season where it is just one big giant question mark after another. Um, but I think that that's what we've always kind of wanted over the last couple, like last year at this point, we only had maybe one or two categories, um, probably pitcher and a couple and a random, random category where we were thought, Ooh, you know, that could win or that could win or that could win. And then we all knew the four actors were going to win and we knew Del Toro was going to win director. Um, it's nice to kind of have a little bit of who's going to win. What's going to, what's going to nod us having to read the tea leaves a little bit more might just sharpen our senses a little bit, but this might be our future of covering this stuff. We might have to second guess our stuff. Yeah. And, and we might have to fun. just do our homework. Yeah, exactly. And I love it. It makes us, it, it makes us think outside of our boxes and, and not to equate it back, but it reminds me a lot of 2016, not the Oscars, but the presidential election where a lot of people were saying, Oh, this and this and this. And, Things got crazy and things changed our perspectives and we got better for it. I think that that's the same way now. I think there's a lot of movies and it's crazy <laughs> and whatnot. And I think this year as prognosticators, as people that love the Oscars, hopefully the Oscars themselves can grow and become better for it. Well said, well said. And now to end this episode of a lot of commentary on the race, um, I do want to ask everyone uh, some questions that our fans did send in. They're eager to hear your answers. Uh, please be uh, succinct with your answers. We are running uh, short on time here, but I definitely wanted to give some people their due. Uh, this one comes from Kenzie uh, Vanunu. I hope I'm saying that right, Kenzie. Could Beale Street have any chance at winning original score? I feel like First Man deservedly won last night, but it, it makes it uh, seem possible something other than, <laughs> sorry, Michael, something other than Mary Poppins can win. <laughs> no, Beale Street could definitely take the Oscar. Uh, you know, we've seen something like the Hateful Eight win when it's not a Best Picture nominee. It doesn't have to have that nomination to uh, win in score. So. Yeah, I think it could win, even if it missed out on the Globe nomination. Uh, this one comes from Luke Mazu. Uh, Luke, we are going to go into this in more detail next Sunday, uh, even though the award show will be that evening. But he just wants to know quick thoughts on the upcoming Critics' Choice Awards. Um, and I'll just answer that very simply by saying, just go with the Oscar frontrunners. <laughs> just go with the Oscar frontrunners, and you'll probably be right. Uh Next question. We got a lot of a lot of people using expletives um, for the Bohemian Rhapsody Green Book Best Picture wins. Uh, it's like like this one. Seriously, what the fuck? Just kidding. What do you think Bohemian Rhapsody Green Book have in terms of potential for below the line nominations? And if they're lacking, will that impact their chances at big wins? This one is from Kevin Claw winner. Matt, remember when I came on and I was talking about cinematography for Green Book um, earlier? In I the chose year. to forget, and I know you chose to forget it, but. We've seen a crazy year, haven't we, Matt? So I'm not saying I'm not saying it could squeak in in any of those categories, but I could see an editing nomination for Bohemian Rhapsody. I think uh, Bohemian is going to get editing, sound mixing, production design, costume design, makeup and hairstyling. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be one of the biggest below the line players up there with the favorite Black Panther and A Star Is Born. It's funny, I have it at number six for just about all the ones you just mentioned, Will, but the only one I actually have it in for is sound mixing. Will, do you think that Green Book could probably get in there for costumes? No, I mean, like, Green Book, I'm just getting the vibe that Green Book isn't going to perform as well with the below-the-line guilds, and generally that's going to be a sign of 
it but, not yeah. having strict over. I mean, it it missed it missed the ACE where it could have gotten in for comedy, right? It didn't get in there. Am I crazy? Or did it? Oh, Green Book did get into ACE. Okay, it got, so did but Bohemian. it didn't get ADG. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know in, that it's going to end up being our huge blow the line player. So I think it's a strict four nominations. Yeah. yeah. Yep, I do too. Um, and to be quite fair and honest, I see a world where Mortensen is vulnerable and he ends up being a shocker miss. Yeah, and then both Ethan and John David, who clearly has a, a lot of passion behind him. And his parents there yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got Denzel working for him. He's got Oprah working for him. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this question a little bit of I, I you know what I'm gonna let this question have its day. This one comes from two peas on a pod. Does Bohemian Rhapsody really deserve all of the hate, or is it just Brian Singer? I thought the cast, particularly Malik, was fabulous. I would love to hear your thoughts. Beyond Malik, I would say yes, it deserves its hate. It is a it is a as generic of a film as possible. Um, it is offensive to the to the gay community. I think it uses the gay community and Freddie Mercury's AIDS as kind of like a comeuppance to him from what I felt like in the film. Um, it feels like a pat on the back to the members of Queen that are still alive um, that may or may not have treated Fe- Freddie kindly. I think it's a bad film in general from the production standpoint and the behind the scenes. Uh, Malik does the best job, but I can go on YouTube and watch Freddie Mercury's performance, and it's Freddie frickin' Mercury on there. Um, it is a 49% on uh, Metacritic for a reason, and it should be lower than that. Yeah, what you know, he Ryan, said, with the caveat that I don't even think Rami Malik is that great. And you know what, Ryan? You basically just summed up uh, our podcast review that we did of Bohemian Rhapsody, where uh, me, Matt, and Tom O'Brien basically said the exact same thing, that that movie is just not very well made, and its ideas about gay life and its representation frankly feel dated and harmful. So, no, I mean, Rami Malek is fine in the movie, but in terms of a film that would present this story of a very significant queer icon the way that it does is very unpleasant to me Mm -hmm. and you know that is just aside from the creative team that is behind it so no i i do not like that movie i think that it is just a badly made film to begin with and i mean for that reason alone it shouldn't be winning best picture prizes very quick michael yeah this one comes from jacob's film talk what do you think will be the biggest snub at the Oscars this year? Biggest snub at the Oscars in terms of nomination? Yep. Ooh, that is a very good question. Who, what's the Amy Adams? What's the Tom Hanks and Cop- Captain Phillips? Uh, I'm not predicting it just yet, but I can definitely see it, and that is Vigo missing. Okay. Will, biggest uh, Oscar snub this year? I was about to say Vigo. I kind of feel that. Man. All right. I love that we're, uh, like, it's interesting that we all are sharing the same mind on this. Maybe it is going to happen. Uh, Ryan, biggest snub. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Bradley Cooper does not get nominated for Best Director. Oh, that could definitely happen. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yep. I could see that happening. Time to let wow. the old ways die there, folks. <laughs> All right, Josh? I have a feeling that 
Emily Blunt is going to surprise us by getting an, a nomination for a supporting actress for A Quiet Place, and she will not get in for Poppins and Lee. Oh, I definitely think that. Ooh, I'm that, predicting that to happen right now. Mm. I don't think that'd be that shocking. Everyone, Josh. Mm. Deanne. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Timothy? Timothy. Oh, okay. Oh, that's exactly what I need on Oscar nomination morning is the Chalamaniacs coming out of the woodwork. I'll give them a little warning now. I don't have my predicted five, so there you go. No, I don't either. I have uh, Michael B. Jordan now predicted over him. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, I do also think that possibly uh, Roma could get Pan's Labyrinth. We talked about that early because of the competition with shoplifters, burning, Cold War. Ah, could happen. I mean, I well, let's look at it this way: if it wins cinematography, director, and picture, but it loses foreign language film to something else, I could live with that. But Matt, we we also uh, talked about how everybody can vote now. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth lost when it was just a you had to prove you saw all the five movies. Now it's just the honor system with the entire Academy. The most popular (laughs) movie, most well-known film in that category wins. There's no way that Roma's winning or, or losing that oscar it that is the safest oscar it's got that night mm-hmm. mm. okay anybody got anything before we go what would our reaction be if kevin hart presents best picture to bohemian rhapsody <laughs> jesus i uh, oh michael i would be more speechless than i was last night honestly <laughs> and i don't even know if it can get any worse than last night i really don't no, he can give it um, a green. He'll give it a green book. You know what? I have one last question that just came to off the top of my head. Will, which film do you think is going to get the biggest boost from the BAFTA nominations this this week? Um, I'm predicting them to go big for Vice, and I think it's going to cement what we unfortunately already know, which is that it is here to stay. And I think it's going to give Bohemian a boost. I think both of those kind of middlingly received films are going to go over really well at the Brits. Michael. You know, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I think everything that is in for Best Picture, you know, I don't think we're going to get any crazy surprises with Best Picture at BAFTA. I know that's a boring answer, but I think it's going to be pretty much what we're expecting. Can we just work this out? Is it BAFTA or BAFTA? I've always said <laughs> BAFTA, and Matt always says BAFTA. What is it? Tomato, tomato, tomato. <laughs> no one says tomato. <laughs> a, I'm going to start saying it now, Will, just for you, man. I'll add uh, on to Michael. I agree that I don't think it's going to make a difference that way, but I am a little bit excited to see if Widows might have a moment in the sun, particularly mm. because they added the diversity inclusion on um, both of the British-specific awards, and so it might it might be a moment for Widows. You know, I do want to add an answer, actually, not regarding Best Picture, but in Best Actor. I think we're going to see just a little change that's not going to translate to Oscar. I think either Vigo or uh, John David Washington fall out for John C. Riley and Stan and Ollie. Ooh, that's a good prediction. What about that's good. Jonathan Price showing up and supporting actor for the wife? That could happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. instead of Chalamet or Driver. Or even Sam Elliott. Yeah, I, I think he could get it in there. 100% could happen. Uh, I I'm I will say this: whoever gets that uh, fifth best supporting actress nomination at BAFTA is who I will probably predict to get the Oscar nomination. Well, that's funny because guess who I'm predicting there? Uh, Foy, Nicole Kidman for Boy Raised. Yeah, hmm. interesting. She's a Commonwealther. I don't think she's going to get in for uh, Destroyer, Destroyer, but I think they're going to want to toss her a bone somewhere. Huh. 
Watch, I'll get the Oscar nomination now. See, but this, the, these are like the games I've been playing myself with BAFTA lately. As I'm saying to myself, okay, like if Rosamund Pike gets in at BAFTA and now she's got Golden Globe and BAFTA nominations, is she the spoiler and best actress? Like these are these are questions that you ask, you know. And like I say to myself, all right, if Claire if Claire Foy gets in the best supporting actress at BAFTA, she's got Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, BAFTA. What's stopping her from getting the Oscar nomination? And it's like. That's where I'm at with this, basically. I, I Now, oh, wait a minute. One last one. This one just came off the top of my head. Does Ethan Hawke miss at BAFTA, too? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my and God. And he misses an Oscar. What is happening? <laughs> What's all... happening is the exact same thing I said would happen, is that First Reform would do really well with the critics, and then industry would just reject it. Yeah, but this is like some next level. Statistically, we've never seen anything like it. He's been nominated by 41 critics groups, and he's won from 24. It is a full-blown sweep. It's insane, the difference. I mean, he... I don't know how much he's been out there. I mean, I wasn't surprised he didn't get Globe. I was shocked that he didn't get SAG, to be honest with you. And when he didn't get SAG... I was shocked he didn't get SAG either. When he didn't get SAG, then it goes to that Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread kind of stat, where if he gets in, it'd be a miracle. Because and he'd have to be someone like Daniel Day Lewis, uh, like I was stating last year to Matt. I was like, "Oh, well, this you know kills any chance of Daniel Day Lewis getting in there after he didn't get in, and then he squeaked in. I forgot who he squeaked in over last year, but um, you know, Ethan Hawke. I, I love Ethan Hawke. It's, you know, my favorite male performance, of, uh, lead performance of the year, but." Uh, He's not Daniel Day-Lewis, and he's not breaking into that five. You know what's the worst thing that BAFTA could do to me? It's not nominate Bohemian Rhapsody for Best Picture. It's not, you know, Green Book even winning Best Picture. It's if they nominate Tony Collette in Best Actress, because it's going to give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't hold on to that anymore. I've let go, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm okay with it. You got to let those old ways die there, Matt. You got to well, stop. Ryan, you got to stop. So you don't think, you don't think that... Ethan's getting in, so I assume you have John David Washington. Heck yeah, I do. I've had John David Washington from the beginning. God damn. Um, well, I think I think that performance that. that that performance is well beyond the fact that, um, they, you know, I think it's a really good performance and uh, in a film that will be nominated for Best Picture and that many people will see. Um, I do also believe that he gets a little bit of the boost from the legacy. Um, his dad basically can get nominated for anything. Roman Israel Esquire. Um, and I think that he's campaigned pretty well and he's been out there with spike. I've saw, uh, when I saw black Klansman, they were doing, um, a Q and a with him and spike Lee. And I have to say this as much as I thought it was at that, after that is before I saw Roma, but after that I was like, wow, spike is the tamest I've ever seen spike Lee. So I think he's going to win Best Director. But by the end of the film, I was like, oh, John David Washington's getting nominated for Best Actor. And I think it's goes to that kind of Daniel Kaluuya nomination from last year in that um, as much as I didn't think initially when I saw Get Out, that was a strong performance. The more I saw it, I was like, oh, yes, it is a very strong performance. This is also a very showy performance. He's in almost every scene, John David Washington. Um, it made sense from the beginning. Um, also, but too, from just from the diversity standpoint. Yell. No, but he 
he he takes down the KKK. And boy, how do we need that right now? And Denzel Washington has never been nominated for a BAFTA. Okay, everyone. BAFTA nominations <laughs> are on January 9th. We'll have to wait and see if John David Washington will indeed crack the lineup there. Oh, thank you so much for listening to us all this time. We really appreciate you. Uh, and I appreciate all of you for uh, sticking it out with us on this uh, really interesting episode. I'm sure there'll be more to come this season. With that said, Will Mavity, where can I find you on the internet? Find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. Michael. On Twitter at MSchwartz95. Deanne. Twitter at TweedledeeDee33. Josh Parham. On Twitter at JR Parham. Ryan. On Twitter at Ryan McQuaid77. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 124 of the Next Best Picture podcast. Next week, we will be giving BAFTA nomination reactions, critics' choice predictions, even though they are that evening. And we'll be talking about a lot more, I'm sure, in the weeks to come. Those of you that have been asking, yes, it is true. The MVP Film Community Awards are currently live right now and can be voted on by you, the dear fans of Next Best Picture. Voting for the second annual MVP Film Community Awards is currently going on until the end of the month of January, at which point then nominations will be revealed and then we will have a voting process where the winners will be revealed before the 91st Academy Awards. Thank you so much for listening to us here on the Next Best Picture Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, newly on Spotify, and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us a comment. Rate us five stars. Give us five stars. We would really, really appreciate that level of support. But if you want to be even more generous, head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Next time.